Welcome to the Harvest Center. Harvest Center. The 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 Harvest Center. Welcome to the Harvest Center. We're glad you're here today. Good morning. Good morning, church. Well, at least those who are here. Let me see how many of you are here. Let me see if my encouragement of last week worked. Mm. We had a bit more than last, uh, last Sunday, but still, not the full number. Anyway, if it is your first time at the Harvest Center, please do feel welcome. And also welcome to those who are following from home. I of, always forget to welcome you. I know there is a number of you who do. And uh, welcome to church. I'm happy to see you here today. And uh, I'm happy to see what God has prepared for each one of us this morning. Um, you know, you, it might seem that we always say the same things when we start a service, but the truth is the truth, you know. So it doesn't matter if you say it one time, two times, three times. The truth is the truth. And the truth is that if you are ready to receive something from God this morning, if your hearts, your mind are free, are without any obstacle, are there, Lord, bless me today, speak to me today, guess what? You will experience a touch of the Holy Spirit today. You will experience God in your life and I do want to read a few verses. Um, the first verses of uh, Psalm 18 is a very known psalm, beautiful verses. It says, I love you, Lord, my strength. And I just like how here, uh, you know, the, the, the writer to this psalm just opened up by saying, I love you, Lord, with all my strength. Do you love God with all your strength this morning? Do you love the one who has given his life for you with all your strength this morning? With all your strength, meaning that the first thing in your life, I love you, Lord. There is nothing um, greater than you in my life. I love you, Lord, with my, with my strength. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My, my God is my rock in whom I take refuge my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. This is who God is for us today. A refuge, a stronghold, someone that you can run into to be blessed, to be touched, to be protected, to, for provision, whatever is your situation. The Lord is the stronghold, uh, of our, stronghold of our life. The Lord is the one, you know, who gave us the strength. And we want to love Him with all what we have in our hearts. Amen. Why don't we stand up and we just open up the service uh, and we just, let's invite, uh, not that there is need because God is already among us, but let's just uh, pray uh, that the Holy Spirit will be free uh, to move among us this morning. Amen. So Lord God, we, we thank you. We thank you because we are your children. We thank you because we are here this morning. We thank you because you saved us. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the blood that you shed on the cross for us. We thank you because through that sacrifice, today we can have this relationship with you. Today there is this open channel between you and us, Lord God. And as we gather here today to worship your name, to praise your name, Holy Spirit, we pray that you will move among us this morning, that you will touch our life. You know, Lord God, you know the secrets of our heart. You know the secrets of our mind, Lord God. You know where we, where we are at in life. You know, we know the, 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 the situation, maybe things that we don't like to share with people around us because there are things 
things that are dear to us, close to us, we, things that are very uh, close to our heart, but you know them, Lord God. You are the one who search our hearts, Lord God. And Holy Spirit, today we pray that you will be uh, free to move in our hearts, Lord God. Those who need healing, those who need a touch from you, those who need to, uh, their eyes to be open to see the grace that is in you, Lord God. If there is anybody here today that hasn't experienced you yet in their life as a personal Savior, Holy Spirit, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that you will open their eyes, that you will uh, touch their life so that they will see the greatness that is in you, Lord God. We thank you because your promises are eternal. We thank you, Lord God, because one day we will see you face to face. We thank you for this morning. Bless us, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So we heard so much already this morning. We heard about the importance not to sleep spiritually, the importance of repentance as a church. And I just want to add that, you know, we as Christians, we are called to be proactive in our spiritual life. And when we hear we are called to, to be awake spiritually, you see, I cannot be awake for you. <laughs> you need to awake, be awake yourself. When we hear about to repent as a church, I cannot repent for you. You need to repent yourself of what needs to be, what needs to be sorted in your life. I've got my things. We all have our things. We need to be proactive. In order to experience the fullness of God, we need to watch out ourselves that we don't fall asleep. And when there is something that comes between us and God, we need to repent. Because you see, repentance is what makes the way ready for God to touch your life. Salvation passes through repentance. We repent over sin and we are saved. But all the other things in life, you know, that we want, when we want to experience more of God, when we want to experience a, a, a fullness of, of God, you know, if there is anything in our life, like we heard, that we need to repent, just go for it. Just don't be, don't be coming, don't be the one who comes to church and sit down and, and you're encouraged, you like to hear what is said and, and does nothing about his own life. But, you, but be the person who is watchful over your life. Be the person who repents when needs to, when repentance needs to take place. Be the person who is proactive in faith to reach out to God and to be touched by Him. Amen. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence among here this morning. We thank you because you are wonderful. We thank you for, for what you place in our hearts. We thank you because, you know, you, like also we heard from Jenny, you want this church to grow, not because we want to build a name for ourselves, but because you want to see people saved. You want to see people being transformed by you. You want to see people touched by you. You want to see people repenting of their ways and turning back to you, Lord God. And we say, yes, Lord. And like we heard, if there is anything in our hearts that needs to be removed, Whatever that thing is, we want to see it, we want to repent from it, and we want to look forward and walk with you. So we thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen, amen. Please do take your seat, those who are still standing. Uh, good, good, good. We've got two testimonies, not one, but two. Um, we've got Kirsty and Lynn. So, because you're here, Kirsty, why don't you start? Yeah. 
um, Anna said about being uncomfortable. I'm very uncomfortable right now. <laughs> um, I don't know how many of you can remember 2020 and COVID and all the nonsense, but I caught COVID in December 2020, and it was the worst experience of my life. I would lay in bed at night, like crying, because my whole body was just in agony. And I would call the doctors, call the specialists. The specialists said, you'll probably have to be in a wheelchair for however long. You won't be able to sing again. You won't be able to walk. You won't be able to work. And I thought, that is not what God's got for me. That's not right. And so I just, I remember laying there at like three o'clock in the morning, crying from this pain and just saying, God, what do I need? What, what, what is this? And I asked him, you know, for healing and people prayed for me. And then at one point, Jane and Anna came to my house um, because I couldn't move. I couldn't clean. I couldn't take Christmas decorations. I couldn't do anything. And I just, I, said, I remember saying to the specialist, I was like, I'm not going to be in a wheelchair. And they said, well, you probably are. And I spoke to the non-COVID research people earlier this year. And of my little research group, I'm the only one who's working. I'm the only one who's, you know, able to live. And I just thank God that I'm not in a wheelchair. So, yay. Most of you know that we've got a food bank here. And this is continuing with the harvest theme, really. Um, three or four weeks ago, um, well, no, first of all, we, get, uh, we have to apply for grants to be able to do the food bank. And three or four weeks ago, we were running out of money. Um, we had applied, we, I don't know if you remember, sorry, getting a bit confused with the timeline. Um, Probably about six, eight weeks ago, I did put a post on Facebook to ask people to put their tokens in the Tesco's um, selection for three different charities in the area. Anyway, uh, we did learn that we got £1,500 from that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the money hasn't been forthcoming. So um, when Sarah told me that money was running out and we might only have three or four weeks left. Um, I tried to contact them. Um, the lady, my contact, she said, um, I really have no idea, she said, but I'll try and look into it. Anyway, that afternoon, the same afternoon, I got an email from Tesco's to say that the money was going to come to us. So that was the first bonus. Um, Sarah did finish a form that we had to and within a week the money was in the bank so on top of that um, there is a, a, a regular donor who goes into Tesco's and leaves money for us for the food bank uh, sometimes it's 20 pounds one time it was 100 and this time he left a voucher for 150 pounds this was, this was 10 days, 2 weeks ago so I went in and picked the voucher up. I spent about half of it. And then last week, I went and uh, I think I'll, I'll go and use the rest of it because we were getting a bit short of things on the, on the shelf. Um, I went in 
went to the checkout. Um, I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure that I've finished the voucher up. So um, anyway, I got to the checkout. It was as I was unloading onto the belt. The guy behind me came along and he'd got just a few things in a basket. So I said, please go in front. I said, I'm going to be, you know, a few minutes. So he said, no, no, I'm, I'm in no hurry. That's fine. So I finished unloading and he said to me, what is this for? So I said, it's for the food bank. It's the harvest centre. So he said, oh, he said, oh, you're doing a good job there. He said, and he gave me 20 pounds. So um, I went, you know, everything was put through. It came to £104.65, I think it was. So there was £60 on the, on the voucher left. I had £20 in my, in my purse and the £20 that the, this guy had given me. So that came to £100. And it came to 104.65. So I said, can, I said to the lady, "Can I pay the rest on a card?" So uh, she said, "Oh, just a minute." So she scooted off somewhere, and she came back with a four pound sixty-five. But but also there are other people. There was another twenty pound left at Tesco's uh, a few days ago, and we've, we're starting to get people giving regular donations. Only five, ten pounds a month, but it all helps. And we are busy. We are as busy as we've ever been, uh, which is understandable. Um, but I'd like to encourage you that when God sees a need, he feels it. And he was, he was there that day. Um, and we're, you know, we're back in the black again. So, <laughs> right, thank you. That is wonderful. Sometimes we are so good in getting worried. Eh? We get worried about so many things in life. But we forget that we believe in a God who sees our need even before they materialize around us. Amen. So wonderful, wonderful testimonies. And uh, uh, I just want to encourage, you know, all of you, like I, you know, I usually do. Uh, we had a wonderful, like you heard, a prayer meeting last night. Fourteen of us were there. Uh, but we want to increase the number. We increase, want to increase the number because you see, when we meet and pray, we pray for the church, we pray for the food bank, we pray for these things, and then we see God moving. Everything passes through prayer, yeah? Uh, so it's important to pray. Uh, and I, I said that in the past, you know, sometimes we say, I don't have time. You know, if something is important to us, we make time for this. This is the simple truth. So there are people who have been faithfully coming at, at prayer, and, and, you know, people are joining in, 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 but I really want to see that place full. I want to see that we don't fit anymore in there, and we have to move in the main hall, because prayer is so important, yeah? Uh, so, uh, you know, please do come when we meet uh, for prayer, because it's the foundation, yeah? Uh, we want to pray for, for, for the town, for the, for the church, and for all the needs that we have among us, amen? Now, Sarah, if you would like to come for the notices, hmm? sorry? Oh, yes, yes, I can say that. Uh, I have the final figure of how much we raised for Ukraine. Are you ready? Actually, we actually managed to raise more than last time. So thank you to your generosity. Maybe those who are following us from home, who is, I know you've been giving through the website. We managed to raise uh, 1,000 uh, pounds. 
So, and that's going to be a, a great help to, you know, towards what they need to do in Ukraine. So we're going to send the money by uh, soon, by the end of this month or beginning of September. And, uh, you know, seriously, thank you so much for your generosity. It's like the best thing in having is sharing. You know, when we God blesses us with, uh, with finances, with anything, not just finances, really, with a car, with a house, with a whatever, the best thing about it that we can share with people. We can bless other people. So thank you so much for your generosity. Uh, you know, uh, we are in a generous church. You know, you, you hear that often. We, we raise a wonderful amount for Careful Khufu. And occasionally during the year, we do different things. So thank you so much from, from the bottom of my heart, but as well in behalf of uh, our friend in Ukraine. Uh, we are so grateful for that. Thank you so much. Okay, okay, right. So it's nearly here, it's nearly here. Next Saturday is the Summer Spectacular. September we begin. And uh, yes, so... 8.30 setup crew, those of you last week who signed up, thank you, thank you. Please make sure you are here at 8.30 on Saturday to help load the vans, get everything ready. Uh, even if you haven't signed up and you want to get here at 8.30, that would be fabulous too. Um, and then obviously 11 to 1, we're at Warren Close. So for those of you who have signed up and to help, please make sure... I can't see Joe today. So No. Okay, so please make sure you speak to... Me, just if you want to confirm anything, and I can pass it on to Joanna. But yeah, so be ready, be ready for the outreach, and yeah, we're going to have a great day. Um, also next weekend, it's busy, it's busy next weekend, be ready. So we've got the visiting pastor, Pastor Moses Chowdhury from India. So he's already in the UK, and he is such a humble, amazing, godly man. He's so lovely. He's spoken to me on the phone, and I just feel so blessed to speak to him. Um, yeah, 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 men, men, men. And uh, so he will be with us next sun, uh, Saturday and Sunday. So he's really keen to come to the outreach. So that will be fabulous just to see what we do in the community, how the church operates, etc. And he's going to be here on Sunday just sharing testimony and the word. And we're going to follow that with a church lunch so you can all get to know him and spend time fellowshipping. So the church lunch, we're going to keep it simple. So it's literally going to be a cold meat, new potato, sort of like nice summery sort of lunch with salads, etc. So we'll be in touch to let you know exactly what we'd like you to bring, but be ready to stay next Sunday. Uh, and then following that, the following Sunday, we've got, let me just say, how do you say his name? Vladut, Vladut, okay. A pastor from London is coming, a friend of Sam's, so he will be here the following Sunday, so it's going to be a busy September. And then going into October, we've got Johnny and Eliane from the IBTI coming as well. So lots of things happening in church, so make sure you're part of that. And I'll, I'll just grab on the end of Lynn's little announcement. With um, the Harvest Food Parcels, there is an opportunity to set up regular giving into their account as well. So if that's something you're interested in and you want to give, and as Lynn said, £5 a month from several people will soon add up to quite a significant amount. So whatever you can give, we'll, you know, we'll gratefully receive that. So if you'd like to make a regular contribution, please see me. I can give you the account details. Uh, but if not, we'll just move into tithes and offerings now. And then the children are dismissed. A little scripture for you just to... Uh, got nothing to do with what I want to preach, but what's been gone so far. And it's he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay. He who gives to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay. That's not for today. 
Shall we pray? Loving Father, Heavenly God, we rejoice and are glad. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the life that we find in him. We thank you for your spirit who is here and you, he comes. And you said where two or three gather, you are here by your spirit and you speak to our hearts and you said he would take those things which are yours and he would be our teacher and our guide and he would speak to us. So Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. We give you praise, we give you thanks, loving Father, that you do not leave us to ourselves, but you come to us, you meet with us, you speak to us, you touch our lives, and we are changed. And we thank you for these things and so much more in the name of Jesus and the saints of God say, you could graciously just turn to the person next to you and say, hello, you, you look good today, I'm glad you're here, be blessed. I'm glad you know. And if, you, if they snarl at you, well, you know, you tried. Jeremiah, chapter 18. Do you know, I've known this story virtually from when I got saved, but do you know, I don't think, I preached it last week, and it's probably the first time I've preached it in bleh, that many years. You all know this story, it's familiar. And I see that, ah, I kill it, yay. And the word of the Lord came to, um, from, and the word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, go down, ah, arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something at the will. And the vessel he made of clay was marred in his hands, in the hands of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it would seem good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as, I, as this potter, says the Lord. Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Is that correct? It is. This is what you call an allegory. And if you don't speak in tongues, try it about five times and you allegory, allegory, allegory. It's a story that has a deeper meaning to it. So this story has got a historical setting, obviously, O house of Israel. But you all know that the Bible, all scripture, is given to us. In fact, when he speaks about Old Scripture in Timothy, he's only speaking about the Old Testament. The New Testament hadn't been written. And it's profitable. So, all Scripture. So, we're coming to an All Scripture text. Happy so far? Good. I've cut off, you know, I've cut off the first four lines just to get for time's sake. So, those of you who like titles, who likes a title? God is not afraid of getting his hands dirty and he will reach in a mess to make a message. Come on. That's enough for you to go home with, isn't it? God is not afraid to get his hands dirty and he will still reach in our mess to make a message. Yeah? So we turn to verse 6 first. 
Look at that. Can I not do with you as the potter? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. The first thing I'd like to draw our attention to is this. The creative hands of God. We're probably, Lord willing, we're going to pray for the sick today. So, the creative hand of God. You see, he made the first one. So why can't he make, repair, restore? Again, it's the same God. So I'll sow that seed and let it percolate as we carry on during the day. Can I not do with you? So let's look at God's creative hands. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says what? And the Lord formed man from the dust of ground. That's near enough. Don't worry, just stick with that one. And the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground. I'm going to tell you something wonderful. And I really pondering on this this morning. You're nothing more than a bag of dust. Now, listen, because I'm going to tell you something that the Spirit of God's in them, you know. How much time do you spend on that bag? Seriously? So, the, the bag's getting a bit rounded. So, I'll go to the gym and work out. You can see it, can't you? Or, uh, we're going on holiday and the bag of dust has got to look good strutting down the beach. So we will go on a diet. And yet when we talk about a day of prayer and fasting, oh, I can't, I can't fast, Pastor. Can't do that. You, you see where I'm going. I can spend, if I was a lady, well, no, I can't be sexist, some people could spend an hour making the bag of dust look pretty. And yet, the man inside the bag of dust, oh, wait, I don't read the Bible. Adam, do you know what it actually means? It means red or ground. Adama, it means man of the soil. But nothing more than a bag of dust. And yet you think how much time, how much money we'll spend on that bag of dust. I'll go somewhere sunny. Can't afford to tithe. Oh, did that come out? Did that really slip <laughs> But the bag of dust needs to suntan. Don't you get angry with me, but that's the truth of it, isn't it? We will look and spend more with this bag of dust. Oh, bag of dust has got to have a good sleep. Can't make prayer bag of dust. Tired. Love me. Come and smile at me. I'm beginning to feel the love ooze this way. God, listen, and it says, and God... Form. This is right to the hands of God. I love this. The word there is to shape and to mould and to fashion. Do you know what the original one looked like? 
He says, he moulded, he fashioned, he shaped man out of dust. Now, because I've got one of those minds, and I know dust, if you leave it to itself, it forms like that. How can you fashion and shape something? That's why, those of you who read your Bible, a little lesson for you, it says, and a mist went up from the earth. Because when the dust is damp, you can make clay. (coughs) Just come, stick with me. I can see you're not going to lose it, you already. He made man in his own likeness. That's what it says, isn't it? Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our own likeness. John, Jesus put it like this in John 4, 24, 14, where he says, God is spirit. So ready? God took dust and fashioned man for this earth. He breathed into man and fashioned him for heaven. So he can have a relationship with God. So you and I are people of dust, and yet we're people of heaven. We live on the earth, but we can also have a relationship with heaven. Right? I'm going to have to pre- I'll take my jacket off in a minute, be warm. And God saw that everything he had made was good. In fact, I love it. And indeed, it was very good. You can see God, can't you? Come on, man, I've done a good job there. That's you and me. So there we are, physically, of the dust, made, Spiritually, the breath of God in us, made. One for the earth, one for heaven. United. What an idyllic, idyllic, which is it? Come on. Idyllic. You idiot, it's idyllic. All right. Um, What a wonderful picture. And then, done. And then came sin. And it is marred, isn't it? That man now is marred physically, death, damage, destruction, all those things. He's marred spiritually. He's now separated from God. So this wonderful creation is now marred and destroyed. Something like a potter making a pot. And we'll come to that a bit more as we go along. Who knows God is a God of mercy? I was going to read to you Psalm 115 this morning, just not to us. Oh Lord, not unto us. Be Be the praise, be the glory. There he goes here. Not to us, Lord. No, not to us. But to your great name we give glory. Because of your mercy and because of your truth. Listen, God could have said, I've had enough of this lot. 
But those of you who read your Bibles, you see for the next 2,000 years, 4,000 years, God in his mercy deals with humanity. Is that right? Until Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, he says, Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 says this, that when the fullness of time had come, God's remedy for man's problem is someone called Jesus. Now, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son in, uh, born of a virgin. Listen, if God, Jesus' first coming was in the fullness of time, I want to say to you, Jesus' second coming is going to be in the fullness of time. I remember Billy Graham saying years ago, if God does not judge, oh, Leonard Ravenhill, one of them, if God does not judge this earth, he would have been unjust in judging Sodom and Gomorrah. Jesus is coming back. For those who are eagerly awaiting his appearing, you're very quiet. Jesus is coming back. That's why we should live ready. No one knows when he's coming back. Anyway, so in the fullness of time, God sent his son. What did he send his son for? I'm going to preach quick now. 1 John 3 and 8. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest. Why? To destroy the works of the devil. Those of you who want a Greek lesson, luo, L-U-O, easy to remember. It means to undo, to loosen, to set free. Why did Jesus come? To loosen mankind, to set mankind free. Someone can say, hallelujah, because you don't look like you're enjoying it. Jesus put it like this, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free. Why did Jesus come? To set humanity free. Luo, ready? Anyway, to set you free. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, Who in his own body on the tree bore our sin, that we having died to sin might live to righteousness. And by his stripes you were healed. Looking back to the cross, he said, Jesus died. Jesus bore your sin. And now you are healed. Healed of what? What's gone wrong? Man's physical condition, man's spiritual condition. Listen to this one. Therefore, if any man, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? Second Greek lesson. Samothus. You know you get like metamorphosis to change into. Sumophis is the same idea, to be changed from one to another. You were dead in sins and trespasses. You he made alive. You were lost. You are found. Can't, you can't wear myself out. But he's taken you from this 
and change you to that. You were a sinner. He's made you a saint. Well done, we're getting there, aren't we? By the time I finish, you might get the idea of where we're going. So if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. A fresh start. We've got one person in this room that's going to say, again, I need a fresh start. In fact, the good thing about it is I get a fresh start every time I repent. You'll see this in a minute. So, Ken, I'm a new creation. Hallelujah. The old has passed away. Thank God. But, all together say, but. There is a difference between fact, which we have a nice big word, a dichotomy. Ooh. I was talking to my nephew yesterday. He came out with discombobulate. And I sat there and I said, you what? But anyway, dichotomy. Two positions. We are saved. Ready? We are being saved. We will be saved. We are holy. Jesus has done it. We are becoming holy. One day we will be holy. So there's always, in each of us, there's this dichotomy between who we are and our experience. And hopefully our experience as we go along this Christian way becomes more in line with what we are. Someone needs to be... The posh word for that is sanctification. The process of becoming holy. I am, I am becoming, I will be. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 and 29. You all know 28. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy... Wrong one. (laughs) Brother... All things work together to the good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Romans chapter 8, 28. Stop there. Everyone only quotes that bit. What is his purpose? 29. For those he foreknew, he also be predestined, predestinated, whichever you want, to be what? Conformed to the image of his only begotten son. What's God got in his mind? We're going to come to the potter in a minute, but now we're moving in that direction. What's God's going to make you into? What's the pattern that God's got? You've got it. Those he foreknew, he also predestinated to be conformed. That word conformed literally means to be pressed into a mould. Jesus is the prototype. You are the type. What is the mould? Jesus. What comes out of the mould? You. Some people have bigger moulds. No. (laughs) But what goes into the mould? Yeah, so he's got this product, he squeezes it into the mould, out you come. Out you come. In fact, 1 John 4, is it 17, says this, as he is in the world, so are you. Now get your head around that one, if you don't agree with me. Jesus is the prototype, <coughs> you are the type. He is making you. Good? Back to Jeremiah 18 and verse 6, and it says this. 
Remember I told you what it was? It was an allegory, a story with a deeper meaning. Can I not do with you as the potter, says the Lord. Look, as the clay is in the potter's hands, so are you in my hands. God has got a pattern that he's working through. The potter, don't just get a lump of clay, just throw it down on the wheel, and just all of a sudden it pops up to be something. You'd say there's stupidness. And yet, sometimes we seem to think that in our Christian life, that somehow another, I'm saved, and somehow I'm going to go to heaven, and somewhere along the way I'll experience something of God somehow. Oh, no, 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 no. God has a pattern that he's working through with your life. Yeah, yeah. All right, this. Where are we? Oh, that's good. That is very good. You know that be conformed to the image of his son, Message Bible. We see the original and intended shape of our lives in him. What was we made to be like? Made to be like Jesus. What we're being made into? The image of him. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's making you. You are being changed. What does the Bible say? We're being transformed from glory to glory as by the Spirit of the Lord. And we, beholding the uh, the glory of the Lord, as it were, in a mirror, so we're looking at the glory of the Lord, yeah? Are being changed into the same image. What is the image? The glory of the Lord. From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. God is doing a work in your life. No, someone thinks God's doing a work in my wife. No, God is doing a work in your life. He is changing you from glory to glory into the image of his only begotten Son. Oh, I'm enjoying this, even if you ain't. We're going to skip a bit and we're going to go there. Jeremiah 29 and 11, and Lee would love this. Revised Standard Version if you want, because that's the one you're going to get. This is one of these scriptures you learn really, 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 really early on. I don't like salts. Plans is better. I know the, and if you look in the margin, it will say plans. I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. First thing to note, God has a plan for my life. God has a plan for your life. Only God knows the end from the beginning. I'm married to the wrong person. Tough. God knew about it and still works his plan through it. I've got the wrong job. I've got too many kids. I ain't got any kids. I've got the wrong dog. I've got a big dog, fat dog, skinny dog. God knows. And even with all of that, he turns around and says, but I've got a plan for your life. See, our excuses do not negate the plan of God. Try that again. 
Our excuses do not negate the plan of God. Our foibles, you have got them, by the way, our idiosyncrasies do not change the plans and purposes of God. For I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. All things work together to the good, to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. That those he foreknew, he also predestinated that they might be conformed to the image of his only begotten Son. What's his plans? Making you like Jesus. And before you were born, before mum and dad had a little twinkle in their eye, God turned around and said, I've got a plan. Don't tell me you're insignificant. Don't tell me you're a nobody. Don't tell me God don't care about you. He is so intimately involved with you that he's got a plan personal for you. Now we'll go down to the house of the potter and we'll go, oh, all right, thank you. Oh, firstly, God's got a plan for your life. Yeah? Secondly, time's running out, that plan gives me hope. Not worldly hope. There's a world of difference between the hope of the world. Well, I hope it's going to be sunny tomorrow. And it rains? Well, that's my hope down the pan, isn't it, really? (laughs) Bible hope says this. God said it. That settles it. My hope is in a God who cannot lie. And I wish I had more time I could talk to you about watching over his word to perform it. My word shall not return to me void, but shall accomplish that for which it is sent. God is not a man that he should lie, neither is he the son of man that he should repent. You could do all sorts of things with that. Listen, God, my hope. So firstly, God's got a plan for my life. Secondly, my hope is in that plan. Thirdly, I have a future. Until he calls me home, It says he gives me a future and a hope. That hope is an expected end for those of you who like it. But my future is in the hands of God. Can we go down to the potter's house now? We've got a few moments to go there. Ready? Oh, my word, look at this. That's good. Oh, yeah. Philippians 1.16. Being confident of this very thing, that he who began, what sort of work? You only see the bad work. Now, we're talking about the creative hand of God, by the way. Now, he who began this good work in you shall, doesn't say might, shall complete it. You need to get... You see, you look at the problems, God sees the potential. You see what you're not, he'll see what you will be. Because he's got a plan. You don't know the end of the beginning, from the beginning. Only God knows that. There you go. Psalm 138 and 8. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Good authorised version now. That word perfect... Mature, complete, bring to fullness. God will complete, fulfill, mature, bring to completeness that which concerneth me. Why? 
because he is committed to finishing the work. Go down to the house of the potter, and there he was working at his will. And while he was working at his will, I saw that what he was making was marred in his hands, spoiled in his hands. All the things you just told me, Ken, what's this about then? I'll tell you what happens, you and I get a wobble. Come on, together you can say, you're speaking tongues again, just say wobble. Wobble. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, I love watching. You, you think about it, you've seen it on telly or somewhere. The guy's doing really well, aren't they? And the pot's coming up. And all of a sudden it starts. And before you know where it is, this beautiful thing destroyed. Got a wobble. In our case, the word wobble there is sin, by the way. I've got an interesting one for you. Do you know in uh, Isaiah 14 where it talks about the devil's fall? Five times it says, I will. Our willfulness is our wobbliness. Say that a few times. Our willfulness is our wobbliness. Now, there's God's got me in his hands and I say, no. Now this is the bit I want to bring to your attention. You notice the potter doesn't throw the clay away. Now, you know, if you think about it, there you are, you've got this picture, there you are making it. Do you find a nice scripture? Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17 says, um, he rejoices in his love, he sings over you. And I thought about that, and I thought, there's the potter singing over Ken. I don't know what you're singing, but there he is, singing over me. And all of a sudden, Ken has a wobble. And it says, he puts the clay back on the well. Now, I thought about that one. Do you ever feel you're going round and round and round and round and round and round, even in your Christian life? With God, let patience have its perfect work. God is shaping us and moulding us in the mundane, in the everyday, in the office, in the shop, in our marriages. God is making us. God is working, shaping, 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 and all we're doing is moaning, moaning, moaning. That's a good one. I thought about that. I did. Ready? So, there we are, and the vessel he was made in of clay, smarred, spoiled. But he didn't throw it away. 2 Corinthians 4 7 says this We have this treasure in what sort of vessels? Earthen. Do you want another Greek? No, you don't need another Greek lesson. It's that idea of um, terracotta tiles. Very fragile. That's the same word. We have it in, in vessels that tend to be a bit delicate, wobbly, easily broken. And God picks it up, puts it back on the wheel, starts fashioning it again. But the surpassing excellency. 
might be doing. <laughs> and people look at you. See, you see what you've not got. People around you look at you and think, my word, I remember them when they were down the pub every day. I remember when they used to barely make it home. Couldn't remember where they lived. Coming home on all fours. Losing their dinner on the front doorstep. I remember something. They think we're weird now. They never thought you were weird when you come home on your hands and knees, chucking your dinner up on your doorstep. That's quite normal. Oh, I don't want none of that religion. You become weird, didn't you? True, isn't it? The drunkard gets saved and stops drinking. The, the wife beater stops beating his wife. The, you know, and, 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 oh, but you become weird when you become a Christian. I've not got time to go there. I'm closing, believe it or not. I'm going to say this. God doesn't give up on us. Listen to this one. Ready? John 10 and 28 says this. Neither shall anyone snatch you out of my Father's hand. My friend, I want to say to you today, go down to the house of Potter. Come in, you're welcome. <laughs> go down to the house of Potter. Watch him at his will. And the clay spoiled in his hand. And he said, he picked the clay up and he made another vessel. And he said, Aren't you like that clay? He's not finished with you, my friend. I'm glad we got the word repent. Maybe you just need to get back on the wheel. Maybe you need to say to God, I've uh, had a wobble, but please just pick me up again. Make something of me. I've got a really good quote for you, if you remember nothing else. That his workmanship Workmanship, his workmanship exceeds the materials. You think a goldsmith, now Sarah, you're in, I know, a goldsmith, what's he got? A bit of rock or whatever, you know, puts it in the smelter, moulds it, shapes it, makes something beautiful. Diamonds, really, so they start off as a rock. But it's what the workman does with it. It's what God can do with you. As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O Israel. Is that fair? Ready? Now the God who made the first one, and I said we're going to pray for the sick, is well able to mend the second one, repair the second one, renew the second one, replace the second one. In fact, he's God. Don't tell him how to do it, just let him do it. All I know is my Bible says this, you shall lay your hands on the sick and they shall get well. I don't need anything else. Who's got a hand? Yeah, yeah, we pray for you otherwise. You all, yeah. And maybe today you need to just come before the throne of God and say, yeah, 
I've been there wobbling too long. Let's get back on the wheel. Uh, we started off that song, I know, I know an old gospel song, I'll say yes, yes, yes. I'll say yes, yes, yes. I'll say yes, Lord, to your will, Lord. I'll say yes, yes. We won't sing it. But you started off with one with, I'll say yes in it somewhere. And I thought, yeah, maybe today someone needs to say, I'll say yes to God. Put me back on the wheel. I don't know who you are today. I know you all, obviously, but I don't know where you are. Only God knows. But I know this, that he is committed to making something out of your life that will bring glory to the potter, not to the pot. All we are are those who've got this treasure in earthen vessels. Can you say amen? I think we should pray and then we'll open your one. Loving Father, Heavenly God, we thank you that you are so good to us. You give us illustrations that we can see your love toward us. That you are making something out of our life to your glory, to your praise. I thank you that you are working even when I don't feel it, even when I don't see it, you're working. Because you will complete that which concerneth me. So, Father, we give you praise today. We bless you today. And we thank you today. Lord, words are sometimes so inadequate. But as you see each heart, Father, as we pray for the sick, come. As people seek to just be restored with you, you didn't throw the clay away, you just put it back on the wheel and started working again. And for this, we bless you. We love you. And we thank you. So if you require prayer, maybe that's maybe the elders and their wives will pray with you. If you just want to get right with God, and I don't care. What that is, it may be you kicked the dog this morning, it may be, as already been said, maybe you've got a body under your bed. But uh, whatever it is, the altar's open, why not do business with God? Get back on the wheel. Amen. If you want prayer, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. I, I just also want to say something. Um, if you know that there is something that God is trying to remove from your life, something that is not good for you, and you know exactly what this thing is, and you're not, you're refusing to remove, him, to remove this thing, this is exactly the reason why you feel stuck in your spiritual life. If you know, so I'm speaking to those who knows, if you know something in your life that is there and it shouldn't be there, if you know what this thing is and somehow you're pretending it's not there, you're pretending that God doesn't see that because you accepted it, 
understand he's going to accept it. But if he has pointed that thing out and you know what it is and you're refusing to remove it from your life, that's exactly what is, is getting you stuck in your spiritual life. So I want to invite you today to let the Lord give him the freedom to move in your heart. If he says, look, if he has said to you, look, this is not good for you. I don't know what that, what that thing is. Maybe a habit. Maybe something that you say, something that you do. And you know that the Lord asks you to repent about that thing and to get rid of that. And you somehow, you, have, you haven't done it yet. This is exactly what's causing this. I'm speaking those to only to those who knows what is in their life. So, Lord God, we pray and we thank you and we ask you, Holy Spirit, as you point things out in our life, as you try to work in us. We heard this, we had this beautiful picture today about we, that we are the clay and that you shape our life, Lord God. Whenever you come across things in us and that are not right and you ask us to deal with them, Lord, help us to allow you, allow you in in our life and help us to repent about these things, to deal with them and to keep on walking with you, Lord God, because your plans are good. You've got something wonderful in mind for each one of us here today. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now, help us to see in our life if there is anything. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for today. We thank you because we heard that to you all things are possible, Lord God. We don't want to put any limit on you, Lord God. Anything is possible, Lord God, according to your wonderful will. So we thank you for today, Lord God, and we thank you for the people who came in from here to ask for prayer. I just pray, Holy Spirit, you will keep on working in their life. Those who, who came in front because they wanted a healing, Lord God. I pray for healing in their lives, Lord God. Those who, who came in front because they wanted to have a breakthrough uh, or to, uh, to be repurposed, Lord God. I pray they will find a breakthrough and a new purpose, Lord God. So we thank you, Lord God, because you, you've delighted us with your presence this morning, Holy Spirit, once again. And we pray for the week ahead, Lord God. We pray that you will always be with us. Help us to be faithful servants of yours. Wherever we go, the people that we meet. Help us not to keep things for ourselves, but to share with the people around us about your goodness, about, about your gospel, Lord God. And we pray as well as for the outreach that is coming next week, for Saturday, Lord God. We pray that it's not just going to be a fun event for the people to join, but that somehow will be able to, uh, to, uh, to spread as, as even a small seed that speaks about your love, about your goodness, Lord God. So we pray. We pray for Saturday. Be with us, Lord God. Bless the town of Brandon. Bless those who are searching for you, Lord God, that they may find you, Lord. Those who are suffering, those who are thinking maybe about taking their lives away, those who kind of feel that they have arrived at the end, they've got nothing more. Lord, to reach out to them and use each one of us, Lord God. We want to be uh, servant instruments in your hand. We thank you, God. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Amen.